Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, it's your boy, the chef, Dre Blast, coming at you with Menu Mondays here on Intentional Talk Radio Network. I am just excited as always to be here uh, representing my people, representing the people that want to see change happen, you know, in, in, in our land, people that really understand about health and wealth being the future of themselves and of their success and just man i'm just i'm just glad man i'm just excited there's so many great things that are happening excuse me in our world in the midst of the chaos that we call you know this life right so um first of all i want to give a shout out to intentional talk radio network for being the platform i've been blessed to use for my voice to be shared with my people and many other people, you know, around the world. We're in 60 plus countries. I mean, we've got so many downloads, I've lost count. So I'm excited about the wonderful things that are happening that are growing with uh, Intentional Talk Radio Network. So with that being said, we're coming off of Thanksgiving and I hope everybody had an incredible time for Thanksgiving had a relaxing time. I hope you had an opportunity to fellowship with some family, see some friends you haven't seen in a while, and had a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, Often, we take for granted those small blips in in our lives where we get to fellowship with people we don't see year-round, and we Take it for granted in all honesty, man. I got an opportunity to see my nephew, who I probably haven't seen face-to-face. Video chat and since before his daughter was born. Um, and he actually doesn't live too far from me. And uh, it, it, it just made me realize, you know, how important, you know, family is. I mean, he lives literally up the street. I live in Dallas. He lives in Allen, right? And I'm like, he's like maybe 20 minutes away from me. And he's been up here in Dallas, you know, a couple of years, and we had never seen each other. So uh, I invited him over to the, well, we've seen each other. We just hadn't seen each other since he moved to Dallas, because he's not originally from Dallas. And so I got an opportunity to spend with him, his wife, his beautiful daughter. You know, she's just, just so much fun. And it was just like, wow. You know, you just don't think about the things that you miss in being, in, in, in being that close to somebody. And just not seeing them because we get so busy with life, right? All of us get extremely busy with life and we forget to to do, you know, to pay attention to that. Um, you know what? Hold on one second. So, I hope everybody can hear me okay. Might be having a little bit of technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, Dre, I'm hearing some white noise. in the. There we go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What? Excellent. Is that better? Well, now it came back. You did something and it left and now it came back. Huh. Interesting. Because I thought, I actually thought it was my um, my office ceiling fan because uh, I had it on high because the, the, it went from 40 degrees this morning yeah, to no. 75 degrees. <laughs> That's Dallas, Texas, Dallas right? Texas for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I don't want to put it on the air because I know it's going to be right back cold. So I'm put the fan on. So we do. Do we still have the white noise in the background? Yeah. Is are you on a different mic or something? Um. You know what? No. Let me try that one. How's that sound? No. Still the same. All right. How about that one? Nope. 
No, I'm actually not on a different mic. Hmm. Okay, let we'll do. We'll do. Let the... me. Let me. Let me. Let me try one more thing. Hold on. Whatever you were doing, it, it left. Okay, now it's gone. Now it's gone. Okay, cool. So I think I know what it is. It's something going on with my um, my headphones, actually. Yeah, now it's back. Okay, now it's gone. Now it's gone. It's completely huh. gone. Now it's back. Yeah, there's something. Are you jiggling a wire or something? No. Because whatever you're doing, what. it goes right now. Now it's gone. And now it's back. So you're doing huh. something there. Actually, I'm, I'm extremely stationary. <laughs> the only thing that's moving is is my head. <laughs> Your head? <laughs> that's why I was like, I was like, oh, okay, then it's got to be my headsets. But I turned my headsets off and we're still not. Hold on one second. Let me try. Let me try one more thing. Got to love technology, people. This is absolutely fabulous. You kind of interrupted there, but it's back now. All right, how about now? Nope, it's still there. Right. Huh. It, it, you're doing something, and it leaves, and then it comes right back. Hmm. Well, we'll just have to All deal right. with it right now. I'll take it out in post-production for the podcast. If I can, I'll try to take it out in post-production. See, now it's gone. Now it's completely gone. How about now, Kimmy? How's that sound? It, it, it's gone. Uh, say something again. Hello? There we go. There we go. That's it. All right, so that's a good one right there. Up oh, now, now it's back. <laughs> Whatever you did, it was gone. Okay, and now it's, it's got to be some kind of connection. So if you can fix it, that'd be great. The best of your ability. If it's if it's you know if it's too much. Yeah, I'll I'll no. see if I can work out on it on this end. I doubt it, but let me see what I can do. But like right there, it's go, oops, back gone, back gone, back. Anyway, we'll see what we can do. All right, because uh, I have I, I I turned off my my headsets. I turned them back on. I turned off the speaker on my laptop. <laughs> oh man, this is. And see this now, is... I think it's in your mic. Okay. Yeah. How about now? Nope, still there. Still there. Well, what wow. we can do is offline. Uh, let's get some time to test and uh, work it out. How about now? See, now it's gone. Okay. So I switched my I switched my microphone too. How about now? Yeah, see, it's gone, but you sound a little far. But keep keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, as we work through these technical difficulties, and I'm sure Kenny, with all his, uh, um, you know, a podcast magic, you know, cut out most of this, and the show will be a little bit shorter than normal, but it's okay. Yeah, okay. uh, go back. Yeah, you sound you sound uh, underneath. So let's go back to where you were. Put it back. At least we can hear you better. How about now? That's much. That's better. How about the white noise? It's gone. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's work with that. Okay, I can work with that. Right, so, cool. Because I'm moving my laptop, I'm moving my head, <laughs> and you can hear me, and we're, we're we're pretty good on the background noise. Yeah, good on the background noise, but your voice goes going in, not in and out, but sort of AM radio, FM radio, AM radio, FM radio. Say something. All right. That's AM radio. That's AM. That's that's AM radio. Oh man. 
tell me in analog. Right. Sorry, right. We'll go <laughs> yeah, that's a little better right there. Okay, cool. I'll make some some adjustments. I don't know. Maybe I probably, you know what? Maybe I probably need to uh, update my probably something on my laptop. Now, see, right there, you were when you said probably something on my laptop. That sounded much better. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's. I think it's. Man, I don't know. It's probably my laptop. You see, now you're back to AM. This is crazy. Okay, I'm gonna try one more thing. You know, yeah, it's it's amazing. The miracles of modern technology allow us to do this, but then we have to deal with the things that go along with it. You know. Yep. All right. How about now? Yeah, that's. Keep talking. All right. So I'm testing out my microphone for white noise and background noise, and seeing if this is uh, going to be a better fit. How are we doing? Okay, your voice sounds better, and the white noises. We'll just deal with the white noise. We'll try to deal with that. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, so yeah, Kenny, uh, edit all that out, right? So for my people that are listening live, <laughs> oh man, welcome to technology. Just when you think it's getting better, you know, it goes, it it, it goes kaput. Well, it kept me employed for forty years, so I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah, you know what, man, it, it, I make a lot of money using my phone, so uh-huh. <laughs> exactly, yep. You know, I'm 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 complaining, but not complaining. Now, you know what? And Obama said it best. Don't let perfection be the enemy of of the good. You know, Uh if we can't Uh if we can't get perfection, we'll take the good until we can get there. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So um, as I was saying, you know, being thankful for, you know, my nephew living right down the street. My sister came in, um, you know, with my niece and my brother in law. And, you know, we just had an incredibly great time for Thanksgiving. We watched Dumbest Answers, a family feud for literally like three hours. (laughs) It was the funniest thing. And we only watched the the, the Steve Harveys. We didn't watch any of the older ones or the ones from years ago. You know, we just watched the ones that are more recent from Steve Harvey, man. And some of these questions, it's funny some of the questions they would ask, but on top of that, some of the people, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, some of the people's answers, just like, you didn't put a lot of thought into that at all. Well, they asked the kind of questions that, because they're kind of trying to get some sort of um, bad response out of the contestants, and they just fall for it. It's amazing. Right. I know. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and and it's funny because, you know, I, I used to think it was scripted because the ones that we found uh, online, some of them were the videos of the, the parts that we don't get to see, right? So there was one in there where somebody made a stupid answer and Steve just said, okay, we're going to cut this. He wouldn't talk to the crowd and was like, what in the holy? It was cussing. It, it, it was cool because it was like, okay, so this is all the stuff that they edit out. And he was like, you've got to be some of the dumbest pieces. Of, you got to be kidding me that you would say this. And I was dying. I mean, we literally watched three hours of that. Most of the time, you know, the family will watch a football game, you know, because there's like three now that come on on Thanksgiving. And we didn't. We watched Family Feud for three hours. And, Kenny, when I tell you, man, we, we, we had that laughing so hard we were crying back and the head was hurting, you know, um, <laughs> And it was good because nobody was like sleep. You know, most of the time people get the itis, right? They eat, they fall yeah. asleep. And we were laughing so hard, burning so much energy. I mean, we stayed up the entire time. 
you know, and, and the weather was just right. Kids got to go outside and, and play because I got, I got a playground in my backyard. And so, uh, I mean, not a playground, a park, a city park in my backyard. And so the people, the kids got to go and, and have a little bit of fun, um, you know, out there. Man, it was just, it was just a, a, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I'm thankful, you know, for for that f- uh, family and fellowship. Well, that's the thing about Thanksgiving here in Dallas. You, it, it, it could be 20 degrees, or it might be 80 degrees. You just never know. You don't. We, you, when we first moved here, we actually went to the Cowboys game where it snowed. Oh, really? Back in the 90s, early 90s. I forget what year, 94, 95, whatever year that was, when... Uh, what's his name? Dropped the ball at the one yard line or something like that. Oh yeah. That? yeah, yeah, in the snow. Yeah, in the snow. Uh, yeah, we uh, were, and we actually lived in Valley Ranch, and it took us an hour to get to the stadium down there off of one fourteen, the old stadium off of one fourteen, an hour. And you were in Valley Ranch. Yep. Wow. Yep, because because of that snow and just trying to stop from sliding into somebody. Wow. Yeah, I I have to admit, you know, I grew up up north and um, Texas Southerners, I haven't really driven in the snow in other states in the south, but Texas Southerners do not know how to drive in the snow. No, they don't. (laughs) It's just what it is. I used to think it was the roads and the tires and I know there's a climate change and they always talk about the asphalt down here in the south is different than it is up north, which it is. Different tires, all this stuff. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I just don't know how to slow down. Yeah, just slow down. And what amazes me and... It's not the four-wheel drive guys and the big Jeeps and the trucks. No, it's the guys like driving Pintos. <laughs> no, <laughs> driving a little Ford Fiesta. Yeah, and they're going fast and flying. I'm like, you know, and I'm driving down, and I've got a four-wheel drive truck, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? I mean, you're going so fast, and you're, you're driving a paper car, right? Yeah. So you already know you're going to slide. There's yep, not slide I mean, into there's something. It, but there's no weight to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's man, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. But um, I did want to take a little bit of time to to <clears throat> recognize somebody that, you know, I followed for years and, 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 and respected in the clothing game. Uh, Virgil Abloh, he was a, a fashion designer and an entrepreneur for um, Louis Vuitton. He was the creative director for Louis Vuitton's clothing uh, for the last three years. And, um, you know, he, he, he's a man of color. And what's significant about him is that, you know, when you think of Louis Vuitton, you definitely don't think of anybody of, of color, per se. You know, Louis Vuitton and its background and the family and all that story that goes with it. But, you know, Virgil was um, battling cancer, died at 41. And this is somebody who's a very predominant figure. You know, you see him on all the Louis Vuitton runways and walkways. And if you're not in the fashion industry, you would definitely know him on, you know, on the political equal rights type side. Because, you know, he was a trailblazer in 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 that arena as well. Highly respected young man. And, man, he was just a visionary. And um, I just definitely had to... Pay tribute. He passed away yesterday on the 28th, um, you know, due to cancer. And, you know, it, it, it made me it made me just realize some some something really significant about time in life. Most people would look at him and say, 
at 41 years old, you know, he's still a young man. You know, he hasn't even lived half his life or he hasn't fulfilled his life. And I've learned from some of the things that he did. You know, my people listening, if you get a chance, definitely go look him up. Virgil, his last name is spelled A-B-L-O-H. He was in an industry, (laughs) you know, that did not really accept high profile black designers. And he was the creative mind behind Louis Vuitton's Louis Vuitton's, you know, menswear collection, right, for the last three years. And for all my people out there that don't, you know, don't like black people, you know, for my counterparts out there that are still living that racist life, you know, that is still saying, you know, there is that color is a problem and still believes in racism. Um, I, I believe some of them probably wore Louis Vuitton in, you know, at some way, shape, form or fashion at some time. And to realize that it was a black designer that was the creative mind behind the the line. Um, I was telling my somebody yesterday, um, if you've ever seen the movie Cruella, Cruella was actually a very good movie. It had a lot of, you know, life points in it, you know, coming from the slums and and realizing that the vengeance you were taking out was on somebody that. You know, they may have deserved it, but you didn't need to do it. But in the movie, um, in this new version of Cruella, Cruella is a fashion designer. And there is a very, uh, not very, the most popular designer. I can't think of the lady's name, but she was the most popular designer in the world. And Cruella wanted to be her. And so what she did was she just came up with all these incredible outfits. And the girl, and the lady kind of shunned her. And so what she did was is she became her counterpart. So every event she would show up to, she'd show up with the dress that would outshine her. And she also worked for her for a period of time. And that person would take uh, all the credit for Corella's um, designs and Corella's dresses and outfits that she would make. Right. And Corella got very little, you know, credit credit. For making those because it was under the name of the, you know, big boss lady and Virgil was in the same boat, except the fact that Louis Vuitton acknowledged the fact that he was a black man that was designing their clothes and 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 gave him ample opportunity to be extremely successful. He opened up, you know, his own company called Off White as well. And it's just. You know, it was it was one of those people that what I like to call undercover famous or under the radar famous because everybody famous know him. Right. A lot of people that weren't famous may not have known who he was when he passed away. But, you know, you've got athletes and sports stars and being recognized on TV. And most people are probably listening to this and probably um going to look him up and be like, I've never heard of this guy. That's where I was. Uh, I had never heard of him, you know, when I saw that. Yeah. Virgil is, Virgil is one of those, you know, silent, I don't want to say assassin, but you know, he's one of those silent guys that is making the fight behind behind the scenes, making it happen that you would never know. But I mean, in, in the, the famous world, in the fashion world, 
everybody knows who this guy is because, I mean, it's Louis Vuitton. No matter how you look at Louis Vuitton, no matter what you think of their clothes and practices, you know, Louis Vuitton is no different than Givenchy, is no different than Gucci, is no different than, you know, some of the other names that are very, you know, popular out there. I mean, they sell purses for $30,000, right? So there's a name behind it. And he was that, that, that pioneer for the last three years, um, with their creative team, you know, and it's just like, I had to, I had, I had to pay my respect to him. Cause I'm one of those people that knew who he was not personally, but when I got the message, you know, I was like, wow, Virgil, I didn't even know he had cancer. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, Chadwick, Nobody knew that he was dealing with the sickness and then he just passes away. And he was such a Titan, not only for, you know, people of color, but also in an industry that only wants to exploit people of color. And he got to play a role that (laughs) damn near unified, (laughs) you know, black people for a period of time, (laughs) you know, even though it's a comic book role and, but that character black Panther was, you know, became a symbol you know, we're still, you know, Akon, I think, is trying to create Wakanda in Africa right, right. now. But you but know? but if, if I may, you say it's just a comic book role, but we need that because it's it's about imagery and the positive imagery, you know. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this earlier today. We are so inundated with the negative images of us. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a comic character, just the positive images out there can make a world of difference, you know? So I, I appreciate the, the positive images. One of my favorite movies is, uh, Django Unchained. You know, yes, just it was off the chain go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. just because of the positiveness. And, and it, and it, it turned out in the end, spoiler alert to people who haven't watched it, turn it down. If you're listening, he won. The Jamie yeah. Foxx character Django won at the end. He did, and that is unusual for us to see in movies. We're usually dead in the first fifteen minutes, so for right. him to win, it was it was, it was incredible. So with with Chadwick Boseman, it was a win. It was a definite win, and and we need whether it's showing real life or even in comics, because if you look at it, Superman. You know, nobody can fly like that. But people of that ilk can see that and see themselves in that position. And we need our young people to see themselves in that positive position. So that's that's why I'm completely on board with that. Yes, definitely. You know, and and, and one of the things, um, I, I'm a huge comic book fan. And when they came out with Black Panther, I was impressed because they've had so many other movies of the, um, you know, the white characters, right. you know, um, <laughs> you know, Wonder Woman had her own TV show, Superman, Batman, Batman's my personal favorite, you know, but he, he had his own show way back, even in the sixties when it was a live show. Right. Right. And a lot of these comics came out of wartime because they were trying to, um, you know, have a, have a balance, you know, like Captain America over when we go over to Marvel, you know, the times that these came out, they were more politically driven than necessarily fun with the exclusion of like Archie comics and things like that. But, you know, for them to actually have, I want to say there's over like 137 black characters in the comic book world. And 
we're just now getting to the point of being on the big screen with things like Luke Cage, you know, getting the show on Netflix. Luke Cage has been, you know, around for a long time. Static Shock, Black Lightning. You know, these aren't characters that just happened in the last 10, 15 years. These characters are 40 years old. And see, I would have never known that. I'm not big into, I'm a boomer, I'm not big into comics. But I would have never known that there are 100, 134, you say? Yeah, I would, it's probably more than that. Those are the ones that I can, I wouldn't say think of off the top of my head, but the, you know, like, as I go through, because just just in, you know, the guys alone, I mean, there's Black, there's Black Lightning, there's Static Shock, you know, there's Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Terrific. I mean, there, there's there's so many characters out there. Black Adam. I mean, there, there's there's many characters out there of color that just doesn't get the screenplay because, of course, at the, at, at the time when they were creating things like that, you know, it just wasn't geared to people of color. They included color characters, you know, but it wasn't necessarily a... Uh, a, a focal point that they thought, especially at that time, they could profit from. So, and I'm looking. I see Black Panther, Luke Cage, Storm, Falcon, John Stewart, Blade, Misty Knight, Black Lightning, Cyborg, James Rhodes. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, there's quite a few out there. They just don't. It's just most of the time in cinema, they usually play a back row. It's very rare that they get a forward role or a leading role, you know, like like Falcon. Like people don't know that Falcon until till the uh, MCU came out with the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon became the first black Captain America. Until he passed away in the comic books. And people don't know that because of the relationship he had with Captain America. Right. Mm. Cap when 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 Cap passed away. Because um, you know Captain America, of course, you know he was already seventy years old in a in a you know twenty five year old body. You know he aged and eventually you know he passed away. And the person that he chose was Falcon, and Falcon became the first Black Captain America. And they don't put enough of those symbols out there. Now I applaud um, Marvel because uh, Kenny, if you ever get an opportunity. May not be a big comic book fan, but if you like movies or like shows, I just finished watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, and it's on—I think it's on HBO Max. But you, you watch it. What's you know, it called? I, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. So in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Winter Soldier was Bucky Barnes, which was Captain America's sidekick. Bucky also got the serum and he was brainwashed by uh, the Nazis to be a killing machine. Well, we fast forward to now. He's not brainwashed anymore. He's been forgiven for, you know, um, his, his, his being brainwashed by the Nazis, things of that nature. So him and Falcon team up to take down a, uh, a criminal organization. And in the first scene of the movie, I mean, the first scene of the show, Falcon is seen holding Captain America's shield and he gave the shield back to the U.S. government because he didn't feel that he was worthy of the shield that Captain America wore because, you know, Captain America was Captain America. He didn't feel worthy, even though Captain America picked him to take up the mantle. So he turned it into the government. The government, the government exploited it and found another white guy to become Captain America. Now, this white guy didn't have no super serum, but he was a highly decorated first person to get three medals of honor, 
whole backstory, right? So you fast forward through the show, and there's a great scene in there where you find out, um, and I don't want to give it away, but I want you to watch it because it's like historically relevant. So there is, they found out that they created some more super soldiers, and they were tested on, you guessed it, black men. And these black men, when they came back from war, serving the country, um, one of them, gentleman by the name of Isaiah Bradley in the movie, was put in jail for 30 years because they didn't want it to get out that we had black super soldiers that was actually saving our country. Wait a minute, this is in the movie? This is in the movie. Oh, it's a tele- it's a it's a series. It's a six uh six show series. So yes, and this is in the movie. And Falcon goes to see Isaiah and talk to Isaiah, and Isaiah told him he's like, you know, he asked Isaiah, he said, Well, why didn't you ever, you know, speak out or say what it is? He said, Man, I was a black man in the sixties. You know, they put me in jail for thirty years for going back to saving for going back and using my superpower to save uh, uh, my, my, my my fellow compatriots that they were trying to kill to keep us under wraps. And for me, it was, you know, air vesting of what happened with the Tuskegee experiment, right? Just this was in the comic book world and it was a super serum to make super soldiers. So in that, Falcon goes back and reclaims the shield and becomes the black Captain America. And people started calling him the Black Falcon, and then they were like, no, that's just Captain America. Not Black Captain America, it's just Captain America. And then he had a whole conversation about the injustice of black people, with um, which will be considered the UN in, in our time, because these are world leaders that come together to create all these laws to stop all this stupid stuff, right? And it was important to me, because, you know, tying this into Virgil, it was important to me to watch it because I watched it because I was a comic book fan, not knowing they were going to take it to that level of what was in the comic book because he becomes black Captain America in the comic book. But they took it to a level that was relatable and brought up some significant history because Isaiah Bradley's character was buried. They didn't want anybody to know that he was the black version of Captain America during the same time, during the same era. And he got arrested for doing exactly what Captain America did. Hmm. Now you're saying Isaiah Bradley. That's his name in the movie. Oh, okay, okay. Anthony I mean, Anthony Mackie. It's not a movie, it's a television show. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, Anthony Mackie, the actor, right? Yeah, now Anthony Mackie is Falcon. The person Anthony is talking to is a guy by the name of Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley is the character that got the same serum as Captain America. So um, I know you're not familiar with comic books. You know, Captain America is a super soldier because he has a super serum, right? He was him and his evil counterpart, Red Skull, are supposed to be the only two that have this serum, right? Well, in Falcon, it's explained that they weren't the only two that had the serum, there was a whole set of African-American men that they tested them on for years trying to perfect this serum. This is deep. Yeah. I was thoroughly surprised because when I watched it, because I'm a comic book fan, so I've read most of these comic books. 
So I kind of already knew oh. the story. Right? I kind of already knew the storyline. So it was like, ah, okay, you know what? I'm going to watch it because I like watching the action and the fighting and all the different things. It got so political. It got so uh, uh, about racism. Like the criminals that they were fighting were called, um, God, I can't think of the name of them right now. But um, the, the people that were fighting, they had figured out, they had stole the serum from somebody else and became super soldiers. But what they were fighting for was what they call one world, one peace. Because at this particular time, and uh, I know anybody that's a comic book fan is going to love this particular podcast because, you know, <laughs> it, it goes pretty deep. But the, the, the backstory to it was, um, you know, about five years ago, something happened where half the earth came up missing. Okay. They ceased to exist. Literally half of everybody on the earth. And it was randomly picked. So the Avengers figured out how to bring back those half people, bring back the other half of the world. And for the last five years, these people are being reintegrated into a society they don't know anything about because it's changed so much because half the world is gone, right? You know, you go from 7 billion people, which we currently have now, to 3.5 billion people. You know, you got dead loved ones, dead wives, kids, teachers. There's a whole infrastructure that changes. And then five years later, they all come back. So in that five years, the powers to be at the time put in all these sanctions and these rules and considered those people that came back after five years, they were no longer like like citizens of their own country. And they became um, refugees in their own countries. Just because for the last five years, they, they didn't exist and then they came back. Wow. And so there was um, a group they were called the Flag Smashers. The Flag Smashers formed an alliance with each other, took the super serum, and wanted to overthrow the current government that was trying to exile them because they were gone for five years under no control of their own, and now that they're back, they're trying to take away their rights of just being people. So the the leader of that group wasn't necessarily being evil, she just used many of the same means that they used against them, right? And she did her best not to do unnecessary killing, but she did. And so Falcon and Winter Soldier go after her to try to convince her to not be this way, to not kill people to get what you want. Maybe there's a negotiation. Maybe we can bring the peace. And she kept saying... The people that empower know that they're not going to know this until until it hurts them. And so she created a scheme to kidnap the people at the UN. And, um, you know, she was successful at it. And in that, you know, of course, Falcon, now the uh, now Captain America, he thwarts all this. And he has a very long monologue with the people at the UN at the very end, explaining to them that, you know, you're making these laws for the same people that that you were before half the world disappeared. You know, you, you, you now actually feel, because you're in power and you have the money and you have the decision-making power, you actually know how it feels to be black in this world. He said that in the show. He said, now you understand the plight that could never be explained to you because she took away your freedom. 
because you thought you were in control. She took away your freedom because she wanted her people to be free. Cat, you know, captured you and, 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 and had you in bondage to the point where you were willing to succumb to whatever demands that she had just so you could be free. And you're treating these people like refugees. All they did was come back. You're treating these people like they don't belong in this country or they don't belong in this world. And he was like, I know how that feels. I'm a black man in this country. I'm a black man that's going to get all kind of criticism because I put on a white man's costume and became a, a became Captain America for America as a black man for a country that has hated us for 500 years. And they said this in the show. Wow. I was, I was, I mean, Kenny, I was extremely surprised. And if you don't watch any episodes, if you ever get a chance to watch it, watch six and four. Four is when he talks to Isaiah Bradley. Six is when he has the conversation with the UN. I was impressed because I would not have thought that Marvel, especially in Hollywood, would go that deep politically, emotionally, and civilly into the true essence of trying to explain to people how hard it is to be a black man in America. I, I got to tell you, I, I, and I'm, I'm scrolling through, I did a quick search on Isaiah Bradley and all this stuff. And I am blown away by this. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, these, 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 they're taking, you know, they're, they're taking some of these ideas and using it as a platform to really explain what's happening. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I'm seeing all kind of stuff, uh, uh, comic pictures, uh, there's Captain America and, uh, Mackie, uh, a lot of references to Isaiah Bradley, tons of references to Isaiah Bradley. Uh, just, you know, comic book uh, uh, pictures. Uh, here's a um, action figure. Uh, Carl Lumbly. Who is Carl Lumbly? Is he like an actor? Yes, I think Carl Lumbly is who played Isaiah Bradley on the show. Okay. I mean, I mean this, this is not just something in passing. I'm, again, I'm looking at everything on here. And it's really, this is really a thing. Yes, it is. I mean, if you just look at, like, when you look at Isaiah Bradley, it tells you in the description, you know, Black Captain America is one of the 300 African-American soldiers who were used as test subjects at Camp Catheart as part of the, uh, as part of the Super Soldier Project. Doesn't sound a lot like the, uh, the Tuskegee? The Tuskegee, yeah. Sounds a lot, just, uh, just like, a lot like Tuskegee. The Tuskegee experiment, right? In the comic book world. And, and was treated treacherously and considered to be treason because he wanted to tell people that they were testing on him. So they put him in jail for 30 years. Let me ask you this. Is there any pushback from, let me just say, mainstream America on this? Not yet. I hadn't seen anything. And Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon has been out, I don't know, I want to say maybe about four months now. But there and there hasn't been any talk to the positive like I'm talking to you now either. Because is it on? Is it in? 
I'm sorry, is it in the movies or is it in theaters or, or on, on Netflix or? Um, this is uh, it's on HBO. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me let me make sure I get my uh, get my get my stuff right because that is Marvel, not DC. So, since that is Marvel, I'm sorry, it's on Disney. Okay. Okay, I've so, got access to Disney. To my comic book fans, don't shoot me because I get those two mixed up. <laughs> HBO has DC Comics, which is Batman and Superman, and Disney has Marvel Comics, which is Iron Man and Thor. Well, I got to tell you, anything that is... I just watched um, The Harder They Fall. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. With the depiction of actual black people that existed during that time. Yes, yes. Very, very, very impressed with that movie. I absolutely loved that movie. Was. Hey, I got a little, I got a little, uh, uh, what they call a, um, a nugget from the movie. A golden egg is what they call it. Okay. When you go back, I want you to watch it again. You know the part where they go to the train to break him out? Yes, yes. The side of the train says uh, uh, C, I think it's C.A. Boswick, Chapman Boswick. Yes, I did notice that. Bozeman. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, it was I, a little, little Easter egg spoiler. I've been telling people, I was like, wait a minute, that says Bozeman. Yes, my I, trip. yes, I did notice that. I did. And they, there yeah. were several things like that that they did in the movie. And I can't recall mm-hmm. what they were, but I did, I did see that. And there was something else, maybe one or two other things that, I saw it was like you say, golden nugget or whatever you call it that they did like that. That that was very good. As a matter of fact, I thought what a, uh, an homage to Chadwick. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and for y'all listening, I know you're thinking, well, we went to this comic book thing and I explained the winter soldier and, you know, it goes back to me paying homage to Virgil. I wanted to bring it back full circle. One of the reasons why I thought it was in, you know, critical for Virgil um, in, in telling that whole story about the comics is that Virgil would be, you know, a real life person because when he decided that, you know, he grew up in Illinois. So he decided he wanted to go to, you know, fashion school and fashion college as opposed to many other things he could have done. You know, he had a phrase and I'm a paraphrase it because I can't remember exactly what he said, but um, he said, I started off as a kid, you know, that that really didn't care about education, but I got into fashion so that I could be Andre, did we lose you? Andre? Hello? Okay, Andre, we lost you for like 10 seconds. Andre. All right. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we got you back. Yeah. All right. Boy, the technology just—you know what? I'm bringing <laughs> some, some good word today. Bringing bring some good some good knowledge to the healthy mindset of people. Yeah, and and that's what it is. They don't want that out there. Right. Yeah. That's why everything is messing the, up. The powers that be are listening and going, "Ah, let me stop this." Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but like I was saying about you know Virgil. You know, he, he made, he, you know, he made comments about the fact that, you know, he went into fashion. So, um, so somebody that looked like him, if they wanted to do it, they would have, they would have an example to not be afraid. 
you know, and he definitely, you know, I mean, Louis Vuitton, a black man at Louis Vuitton, I mean, black people buy Louis Vuitton, but for a black man to be the creative di- director and designer mm-hmm. for the clothes for the last three years, I bet you have the black people that bought the clothes had no idea, had no idea yeah. that the creative design person was black. And you know, you know, Louis Vuitton you know, sales went up so well because, you know, he know what his people wants. But at the same time, it was just like, you know what? This is the way you get in. You know, sometimes everybody's not meant to build their own table. Some got to have a seat at the table. And Virgil in the fashion world had that seat at 41 years old. Most of the people in the fashion world are way past 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're talking names that are old, old names, right? And for him to be in that space, I just wanted to pay my homage to him because, you know, I respected the fact that he did something so that others wouldn't be afraid to do it. I'm going to watch this Falcon and what I keep thinking Falcon and the snowman, completely different movie. Your soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that just to talk four and six episode four and six. Yeah. At least episode four and six. Okay. Okay. I will watch that. So, uh, at least now it does help to watch all of it. So you can see how it all trans transitions into that because you know what, just watch it from the beginning. As you know, I'm looking at the Wikipedia as depicted, depicted in the 2003 limited series, truth, red, white, and black, the world war two super soldier program of 1942 operated by, uh, Reinstein, uh, uses African-American test subjects. Okay. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's, the, that's the same comic book. That's right. Yeah, that is exactly right. Oh, here, it, here it is. Yeah, inherent politics of wrapping a black man in red, white, and blue. Larger story, a metaphor of America itself. Immediately thought of the Tuskegee study. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. I may have a movie watching party just for this. I'm, I'm telling you, you you're going to enjoy it. I was I was surprised because I watched it as a comic book fan. You know, and it's been on it's been on for, you know, some months and I just really didn't have time and I had some downtime during the uh holidays. So I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna watch, you know, like it because it's like 45 minutes long." I said, "I'll watch, you know, one per day for the next week." And I did that, and I'm glad I did. Wow, I'm going to definitely do that. And and it's it 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 gone again. Lost him again. Wait for him to come back. Just because technology. Yeah, I I, I didn't I didn't think they were going to. I didn't think they were going to actually put it in the show, you know, because um, Marvel, Marvel has a whole line of um, shows that they have, like you know, like Loki and um, Marvel's What If, you know, that you know, centered around the comic book. And so, Falcon and Winter Soldier, when it first came out, I wasn't. Gone again. <laughs> well, 
We'll wait till he comes back. But again, we couldn't be doing this like this if it wasn't for the technology. So I guess we'll have to put up with uh, whatever he's good. There he is. That's every few minutes. We lost you for like another 10 seconds, uh, Andre. Well, uh, I'm telling you, that, that man, I'm telling you, they, 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 they try, but they will not succeed. They will not That's succeed. Right. We will they not will let not them, we will not let them succeed because I'm a firm believer that people can only get away with what you allow them to do. They can only do to you what you allow them to do. We will not allow that. This is true. People only do what, what, what they can only do to you what you allow them to do. Exactly. Exactly. You no, know, and if you fight back and it costs your life, you know, that's up to you. I'm, I, I've been fortunate, <laughs> you know, to understand it all too well. You know, Kenny, if, you, you, you're familiar with this. You know, my father was in the Vietnam and the Korean War. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, my father was, I'm like a baby baby to my father. My father was 85 when he passed away. So, and uh, there's like 40 years difference between us, 45 years difference between us. So, yeah, he, he had the opportunity to be in both, and he didn't talk much about it, but that's the one thing he did say. He was like, you know, I fought for this country, and, and I fought during a time where they hated me. We have a very good friend, and, and I keep in touch with him to this day. As a matter of fact, we talked today. His father, family friend, his father, his parents and our parents were uh, best of friends. And his father was in uh, Korea and broke his back. Actually, he broke his back. Actually, he was in World War II and Korea. I remember him talking about the Korea stories, but not World War II. Broke his back in Korea and could mm-hmm. not get disability when he got back to the States. And because of his problems, he couldn't hold a regular job because of his back problems. Started a tree service. He had three or four sons, and they helped out. But they lived in apartments their entire upbringing because they could not get over the hump, as it were. And and they fought and fought and fought for him to get compensation, and they would not compensate him until the day he died. And his son is still fighting for that. Yep, I can believe it. I mean, I 100% believe it. You know, my father was um, in the military 21 years. You know, um, he had um, a replacement hip and a couple other things because he stepped near a landmine mm. when he was out there. And he was fortunate that it didn't blow off more. Yeah. Didn't, like blow off his leg or his arm, anything like that. It just, um, it uh, not dislocated. God, I can't remember what it was. But he had a replacement. He had to have a replacement hip put in, you know, at a young age. And then he got out of the military, worked for the post office. And, you know, it was a it was a struggle. I remember him telling me it was a struggle for the first, you know, five, 10 years he got out of the military with an honorable discharge, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the medal for being hurt and medal of valor and, you know, all these decorations. And it was like he was still forgotten. You know, he, he, he was still not taken care of the way he should. And then when we go to the VA, right. I just like, you know, sometimes it's like, all right, so this is the hospital for the veterans. And I promise you, y'all treat them like they're like they're broke. Yeah. Like they didn't serve this country. You know, you veterans know? should have free health care, particularly disabled veterans should have free health care 
anywhere in the country for life. Mm -hmm. They should not have to. Now, some say, I want to go to the VA because they know how to treat me. I'm fine with that. But they also need to be able, should be able to go to the local hospital, the local doctor, show them a card. I'm a disabled vet. Treat me. The government will take care of it. Cross the board, carte blanche. You know, they want to talk about we support the troops. We support the troops. Crap. Crap. Bull crap. Yeah. You know, and I didn't go. I had a very, I remember the draft, and I remember being being very afraid of being drafted. And then they went to the lottery system, and I had a very low lottery number. Uh, and I was trying to think of uh, what sort of uh, deferments I have. I'm the, I was the only boy in the family, three older sisters, only, uh, they still call that sole surviving son. That, right. That would have exempted me. But they, at that time, they were taking anybody. Uh, I'm colorblind. Uh, I thought that might be a deferment, but I guarantee you, my mother was not going to let me get drafted into the military. I even thought about joining the Coast Guard as a way of getting around it. But to come home and tell my mother I'm joining the Coast Guard in 1972, 1973, joining any military service based on we had just come out of the Civil Rights Movement and we're going through the Black Power Movement, that was not going to happen. There was no way that was going to happen. Unfortunately, what I think is that a lot of, notwithstanding the war, I think a lot of young black men can you could use the military these days. You can learn a skill. You can get. There are are definite benefits. There are definite benefits that I see. I've got a lot of uh, uh, friends who are veterans, and there's a lot of things that they understand that non-veterans don't understand. A lot of benefits that are out there. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's different the now. Military does, the military doesn't want youngsters now. They do not. And that's why getting into the military is so rigorous because you can no longer just walk in. If you can't pass the test, if you don't pass their intellect test, if you don't pass their overall uh, in-person test, you don't get in because they don't need you. And what the military told me was that they don't want people like that because they have lack of discipline. They have a lack of respect. They have a lack of integrity. And what the guy told me was that they can't be taught. And my reason for asking was he had just left my school. And at the time he was get picking up lunch. And so was I in the same location. And I asked him, why don't you guys just come in and take all of these kids who are creating havoc in the city? And he said quite clearly, we don't want them. We don't want them. He says, we don't want them because they have no discipline. They have no respect. They have no self-respect. They don't respect authority. He says, those are the ones that would get folks killed. He says, because we don't want those folks. We don't want them. So don't even think about it. Don't even think about fixing it so that they go anyway. He says they don't want them. And that's all branches of the military. They don't want them because they cannot be taught. Well, yeah, they want the, they want the ones that are extremely intelligent so they can do their super soldier program. Right, Kenny? <laughs> what is the super soldier program? <laughs> oh, you didn't get to hear the first part of the show. So um, the, the, I, was, I, was, I was telling Killian explaining about uh, Virgil Abloh Abloh that passed away from, um, you know, he was the uh, creative director at Louis Vuitton. 
And I was talking about him being the champion for, you know, people of color. And the reason why he got into uh, fashion, because he wanted he wanted someone else that wanted to get into fashion to have an example that looked like him and not be afraid. And so we got to talking about a, a show called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, you know, um, I'm a comic book fan. So Captain America passes his shield off to Falcon and Falcon becomes the black Captain America. So, uh, but he doesn't have, you know, super serum or anything like that. And in the show, um, we find out that there was actually a black super soldier like Captain America that actually took the super serum. And um, that's what, I don't know if you heard when Kenny was reading the story about uh, about the comic book, how it related to the Tuskegee experiment. Um, there was 300, there were 300 black men so they experimented this with this serum on uh, back during wartime. And Isaiah Bradley was the only one that, you know, survived. And um, he was put in jail for 30 years. Now he had the same powers as Captain America. You know, he had the same super serum. He fought for the country, you know, uh, but they wanted to keep it under wraps that this black man, you know, has this super serum because the country wasn't ready for um, a black man to be the leader like Captain America. And so, um, you know, Falcon, Falcon kind of changes that in the show. And, and I was telling Kenny, I was like, it was extremely deep because I watched it as a comic book fan, not realizing that it was actually going to take something from the comic book and put it in cinema, put it in a television show like that, because it was definitely uh, the same, same direction in line as what they did with the Tuskegee experiment, you know, um, except it was just with a super soldier serum that ended up killing a lot of men. And then Isaiah Bradley happened to be the one that was compatible enough to make it through. And uh, Falcon, which is uh, Anthony Mackie's character, Falcon was like, why don't you bring this to the public? Why don't you tell more people about this? And he was like, come on, I'm a black man in this country. I'm happy to be alive, right? Because what they did was is that they erased him from history altogether. Isaiah Bradley became a um, an unknown if you will. And so his legacy of fighting for the country, making all these changes, helping to stop the war right there with Captain America was buried because he was a black man during that time of the twenties, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you know, before there were equal rights for black men and then put in jail. So he'll shut up. And so I was explaining that to Kenny. That's why I said, you know, they're not taking them anymore. I said, yeah, cause they're trying to, Make the super soldier. Yeah, they went all the smart ones for the super soldiers program. You know, so, but Colette, thank you for chiming in. Um, you know, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you come in, Kenny. Man, it has been wonderful just having a great conversation back and forth. Always dig it, man. You know, despite the despite the technical difficulties, which I know you'll fix. That's what you do. You know, um, but for all my people out there, man, I hope you had an enjoyable, enjoyable holiday. You know, you got to meet some friends and family and, and, and loved on them and got to be loved back. You know, and I just thank you for your time listening today, whatever time of day you're listening to this. And uh, come back because we're going to talk more next week about um, how our wonderful government has commercialized every holiday that is in that started with tragedy. Uh, you know, so stay tuned for that one. You know, Thanksgiving was born from tragedy. Valentine's Day, born from tragedy. 
you know, Christ uh, uh, Christmas. It's not even celebrated on the day he was born. But come back next time. We're going to have an incredible conversation about how our U.S. has really commercialized these holidays and want us to celebrate negativity. So I appreciate you. I love you. God bless you. You are incredible people. Go be incredible today. Go change your life today. This has been Chef Dre Blast with the recipe menu Monday on Intentional Talk Network. And thank you for being with us. And this is Intentional Talk Network. And yes, once again, a great show. Sorry I missed half of it. I'm still putting in time with uh, another person, <laughs> another boss. But this is the boss right here at Intentional Talk Radio Network. I'm very blessed. And don't forget, be with us on Saturday. The chef and Colette Williams will be at Miss Mary's Southern Kitchen in Dallas, Coppell, Texas. Be with us on Saturday from 6 p.m. Central Time to 8 p.m. Central Time. Right here on the Intentional Talk Radio we're looking forward to it. A great way to kick off the holidays. So thank you. As Chef Andre Blast said, be good, be kind to yourself, and come on back, folks, because we always have great shows for you. And remember, you can get us on all of your favorite podcast platforms as well as itrnradio.com. Have a good afternoon. We'll be back soon. Take care. Wear your mask. Ha <laughs> ha